The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Five, four, three, two, one. You're listening to the Joe Rogan Experience Review. What a bizarre thing we've created. Now with your hosts, Adam Thorne and Mark Hampton. This might either be the worst podcast or the best one of all time. Oh. Hello and welcome back, guys, to another episode of the JRE Review. We've got a comedy-packed review this time around with Roseanne Barr. We've got Nikki Glazer and the legend that is Lenny Clark. So that's couple of uh, legends. Podcast 1359. Couple yeah, yeah I mean, two big legends for sure. And an up-and-coming uh, legend because Nikki Glazer is pretty... It's pretty fucking amazing. Is it Glacer or Glasser? Right. It's Glacer, right? Yeah. Gla- it's Glacer. I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's Glacer. Yeah. yeah. There we go. And two of them are one of them, Lenny is a is a big Boston comic from back in the day. So we're gonna get, you know, we're gonna get the old style comedy stories, but he's still performing, still doing some great yeah. work. Roseanne, obviously a legend, even back in the day at the comedy store. Really yeah. I mean, she paved the way for female comics. She really uh, did. I mean, she was from, very from what I understand. She also paved the way for um, raunchy female comics. Looking at you, Sarah, mm. Sarah Silverman might not have the career she had without Roseanne Barr. That's a good point, actually. She probably that's a better way of describing her. I mm-hmm. think is paving the way for raunchy female comics because um they did exist before they did, but they they didn't. They had to be clean. It was like that was what was expected. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Which is bullshit. Totally bullshit. Yeah. They, they, you know. Who, who is the other one? Joan. Joan Rivers. Joanne. Joan Rivers. Joan Rivers. Yeah. yeah legend. Legend. Talk about raunchy. But, but again, she started off pretty clean. She did. It was. Um, she had to work into it. Yeah. I mean, it was after Tonight Show stints that she started getting like, well, she started, I mean, you could see the gradual evolution of her act. When she went into marriage and talking about her husbands and talking about sex. And, you know, and she kind of, like, went with the times. The more the country got a little more loose with subjects and topics on television, the more Joan got a little more loose. And then maybe she'd go just a little bit further. And then the country would kind of catch up with her. It's, It's really quite interesting to follow her trajectory with the way the general public accepted types of comedy in the mainstream. Yeah. And by the end, it was except, like she could get away with anything by the end. Anything. I mean, that was what was anything. beautiful. Yeah. She probably had some of the raunchiest jokes I've ever heard. Oh, dude. Yeah, she was pretty. She was great. Fucking, especially, I loved early Joan Rivers, man, on The Tonight Show. Because my parents would make me watch Carson. And they loved it with Joan would 
guest host. So that they actually loved it when Leno would guest host. He was really funny when he would guest host, and then when he actually got the job, he got less funny, which was really interesting. Um, but they would mm. love it when Joan would host. They would love it. Whereas in contrast, Roseanne comes out of the gate fucking crazy from day Pistons one. Blazing, man. Like she didn't give a fuck from day <laughs> one. Her stand up is ridiculous. <laughs> still doesn't. No. Yep. And and that's why it's so weird with all the controversy. I mean, listen, let's not kid ourselves. The reason she's back on again is because Joe wants to talk about her losing the Roseanne spot, that tweet, the other things, you know, highlight the fact that she had a major head injury when she was a yep. kid. She's been locked up in a mental ward. She's had major issues with depression, been on a lot of medication, has had substance abuse problems. And look... Yeah. You know, it, the, that's the problem with having a big audience and not much control over your own Twitter. I I do wonder, like, older people, you know, mm-hmm. that are maybe less technologically inclined might not think that, oh, I can just write this one thing that ordinarily in a club or at a dinner party might be taken as, like, a bit of a crass statement. And you're like, wow, you really didn't think that. Yeah, through, but it's but not going to. I guess you were trying to be funny. Yeah. It's not going to torpedo it's your career. career ending. Yeah. Exactly. Like, they're not used to it. It's new. And she's always said fucked up shit. Always. Always. So, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not taking sides. You know, I just... She, like anyone... I mean, look. It's it's not Louis-level masturbation. No. Okay? It was a fucked up tweet. But to lose your show to now what's left is like the Connors. How gross is that? I saw a billboard for it the other day. It's just like she's gone and they're all just like, hey, we don't know who Roseanne is. It's so like, it's so weird that it still exists. You know what I mean? It's get kind of it like, off the I mean, fucking air. I don't know. It was so weird. When it, I, dude, I watched that show when I was a kid. I was a fucking kid. I would come home. I loved it. I loved oh, yeah. it. I would come home from swim meets because we always had, always had swim meets on Tuesdays and Roseanne was on Tuesdays. And I always come home from swim meets and throw on ABC and Roseanne was always on because it was probably the latest I could stay up and Roseanne was on and then like fucking moonlighting with um, Sybil Shepard and this uh, young actor by the name of Bruce Willis who um, you know went into obscurity after that show but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah no one, whoever, no one ever heard of him again um, he did this Christmas <laughs> movie in like the, the late 80s that uh, some people still talk about um <laughs> That was that was a great. Christmas <laughs> it was. It was. It was a good Christmas movie. Uh, movie. Um, yeah, I fucking loved it. But it was kind of weird that it was coming back. It was kind. Of, I mean, it was that. It, that was the big. Re- and it was so fucking popular because I think a lot of people were like, "What the hell is going to go on?" But I wouldn't necessarily say it was that good. Like when it came back, I wasn't like, "Oh, this is changing the world." It was like, eh, you know, okay, sure. I didn't watch it at all. I guarantee it was better than fucking Big Bang. <laughs> I mean, look, of the game. of the things that are yes, I do. Okay, do I do. But game. shut up. That's my choice, and I, get, I stick no, to I'm it. Not, First Amendment. I'm not saying you can't. It's 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 that right. It's like it came back. Um, it was a bit cheesy, but it immediately went to Very. number one, which mm-hmm. maybe says more about how shitty you know sitcoms are today. But back in the day, it was brilliant. I used to love that it intro. Was. Where it would it would go around the table, everyone's yep. having so f- much fun. It's like so organic, and then she has that super contagious laugh at the end, and that's oh, how yeah. every episode 
would stop. But it was like they were a good family. I mean, they, they were, were trashy, well, but they covered real issues. Well, they did. And, and you're like, oh, shit. But they didn't beat you over he- the head about it. It really was kind of a look at a m- poor middle class family. And then when it came back, I feel like they felt like that was their mandate. Like, we must hit these issues these issues are important and no one's talking about them. And then it just kind of felt heavy handed and kind of forced up your ass. And I was like, eh. but, but you know what? I watched because I was, well, remember too, though, you're a lot older now. That so is true. It's you, you're coming at it from different lenses possibly true, as well. I just, as a kid, I mean, it's just jokes. Who knows if, the, if, if they were the same age and they had just carried on where they left off back in the past with the, with these same scripts, it might have just looked exactly the same, Could've almost. Could have been. You know? You're absolutely right. Could have been. Who knows? But either way, the fact that, you know, I, you've got to give her respect because she stepped away from that show mm-hmm. and supposedly just, she gave them the rights. She didn't yeah. battle in court. She didn't make a big fuss. They didn't. She wanted everyone to keep their jobs, yeah. which, are, again, says a lot about who she is. And, and you can hear talking to Joe. Yeah, she's a bit of a lunatic. Bless her. You know, but she knows that. She'd be the first to say it. That's what makes us such a great comic. Yeah. But she cares. She's a sweetheart. She wants to help people. And she's not about, I don't know. She just doesn't come across. She's a fucking old Jewish lady that had a major head injury and takes ambient. Yeah. I mean, she's kind of out of her mind. And yeah, I mean, I'm not ever heard a bad thing about her from, I had, you know, I had people that worked on that show. I've never heard a bad thing about her ever. Like, not one thing. She's a she was a big Trump yeah. supporter, and I think she had a target on her head or on her back because of that. And then anything she would say to support people's prejudices about that was just reinforced that. So people were looking for the now. Then she served it up on a silver platter. So you know, you, you got to take. A, she's got to take a little responsibility for that. But I think people there's a lot of people that wanted her to fail. And they were looking for her to say something stupid, and she did. Don't get me wrong; she said some stupid ass shit. But um, yeah, but Jesus, who, who fucking doesn't? I'm I like, know. it. This this almost killed her, man. Right? It did. She's an old lady. It. They took her off the air. They took her show away. I'm like, it's a fucking tweet. Like, ha- give her a chance to sit down with this person or apologize. Or this is all too much for me. I get really fucking pissed off. With this, like, you're done stuff. I know. I'm like, slow it down. I know. Well, give it, it, look, let it at least be illegal or really immoral. I mean, where is our meter at this point? It's all over the place. I mean. It's all over the place. Yeah. You could, there, there is no fine, there is no fine line. It's whatever the outrage machine says this week. Yep. And I don't stick up for it. I don't give a shit about that outrage machine. In fact, so annoyingly enough, I find myself sticking up for people that I really wouldn't even ordinarily stick up for all that. I know, much, that, I'm like, that suck? The things they did is kind of fucked up, but, but I feel like I have to. I feel mm-hmm. like I need to be there for for them and uh, a little bit, you know, just because I'm like, hold on. Um, I don't know. But anyway... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what was the the tweet anyway? Something like someone in black looks like a monkey. Was that yeah. it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Valerie Plame, who was um, one of Obama's special uh, special assistants or special advisors, Valerie Plame was, I believe it was. And yeah, yeah, she called her a monkey or said she looked like a monkey or something like that. I don't remember. 
Well, all I can say that is was this. If you're going to say something... Ago. Well, it's fucked up, but at least make it funny. It doesn't even sound that funny. So, Roseanne, come on, be funnier than that. Come on, girl. You're, yeah. you're gonna, if you're going to lose it all, yeah, at least you, make it funny. You, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Make it hilarious. <laughs> exactly. If you're going out... The, hey, did you see the tweet that um, I think it was Trey Parker did? To the Chinese. Did you hear about the whole South Park? Yes, he was like, check out tonight's episode or something like that. Yeah, and it was just like, oh, we also, we too love money more than freedom and right, democracy. That's right. Dude, it was so genius. Oh my God. That's so genius. I love those guys. Those guys are the greatest human beings. <laughs> if they gave an award for like most in, most influential people of the 21st century and and even before well, i guess their show started like 97 or something 97 yeah, freshman in college to date my to date myself Dude, they've done like <clears throat> i think they've done 23 seasons yeah i think they have 22 or 23 I th- i'm just saying they're the most influential people i really do think so in so many ways they're huge they don't get the credit for it but dude shit yeah, changed across the board I know. Just they bring it up, and people are like, "Oh, you can cuss now on TV. You can do this now." Like they just push that bar so far that it's like shit changed, man. I know. Love it. And that's that's it. No one can cancel them. Nobody even gets close. Oh God, no. You know, you just got to do it right. Get away with everything on that show. Yeah. So Roseanne's obviously upset. She's upset that more comics didn't come to her aid. I think they didn't because of her alliance with Trump. And, you know, every comic in the world, maybe except uh, her and Tim the Toolman Taylor, are probably (laughs) liberal. (laughs) Probably, yeah. So, yeah. Maybe Jeff Foxworthy. And, yeah, that's a good point, yeah. Yeah. she she was spouting some weird things on this podcast too, talking about kind of like conspiracy stuff, seven hundred year AI things. She talked about this thing called like seventeen and Q and all that. She's a little woo woo, a little bit. She's a little out there, a little bit. Yeah, uh, maybe that that is head injury stuff. I don't I think know. So. I, Joe was struggling to follow kind of where she was coming from. I think. Um, you and I know all and about I was, that. I was completely lost. Oh yeah, Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> just wait, listeners. Just wait. We'll have a very fun special episode for you in the future. Oh yeah, yeah. We have we have like an like an Alex Jones level conspiracy theorist um, makes, person. We he, know who makes Alex Jones look like me. <laughs> yeah, that was some yes, like wow. super. I know, well, you'd never talk to this, but okay. So preface this: so yeah. w- when we do our when we when we do the like the conspiracy theory podcast reviews that Joe does, mm-hmm. we're gonna have this guy come on. We're gonna we're gonna have to fabricate a name for him because he has quite a high level position <laughs> at at a big corporation. Yeah, he's pretty. He's pretty. Uh, he's cool with it. Yeah. But but stand by, people. It's gonna be a fucking doozy. And if you're into far out there conspiracies Ooh. and people that rant. And rant and rant. You just wait. I don't even think Mark and I will need to say anything at all on that podcast. I don't think I want to say anything at all on that podcast. <laughs> I'm just gonna. Yeah. I was gonna sit there with my popcorn and my whiskey Coca Cola and watch this shit show unravel. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, he's manic. He's manic. Well, so anyway, but also who's manic is is, is Roseanne. Roseanne. Roseanne, so yes, Roseanne. I, f- I felt like she was a little manic. 
Mm-hmm. And it, it probably goes like, uh, I don't know if she said that she was like bipolar or something. Um, yeah, but, she's definitely uh, bipolar. Not that she had like huge, <clears throat> huge mood swings on the podcast, but she definitely seemed like once she gets going, it's it's hard to keep her on track. And Joe was kind of struggling to keep her in position there a little bit, I felt like. Right. Uh, it, it was quite a lot. Joe did talk about demons, like like dealing with your own demons. Mm-hmm. And, and I liked it when Roseanne asked him, you know, what, what are, are your, your demons? demons? Yeah. And he's like, anger and violence. Yeah, I get that. Like he has to, he has to, I think that's probably true with a lot of men. 100%. You know? Like they, they have to control that. They have to find an outlet for it. And, and it, it never, it never hurts to have a healthy respect for the fact that it's in there. No shit. This is a limitation. I need to, I need to carefully work that through. My temper's like that. You know this, Mark. Sure. Although, actually, I don't really see you lose your temper much at all. Well, I'm a lot older now, and I do enough jujitsu to where I can get it out. But, I, again, that's why I do those things, too. I, you almost have to wear that shit out. Otherwise, you go you go nuts. I do like the Roseanne smoked a little bit of weed, even though she hadn't been smoking weed for a very long time. She got, I think... Did you find that right after she smoked, she she sounded like she got a little bit too high just for a second? I've always thought of that about her. So, but yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's like that moment when you, you're taking some hits and then it and then it kind then of like, hits you all oh at once. Boy. And <laughs> yeah, even if you know you can handle it for like a couple of minutes, you got to just kind of ease back into what you're saying exactly. and keep track of your thought process. She that, she definitely kind of got off track. Yeah, that's what happens to me when I get too high. I'm very much. Um, it's like, I can't remember one moment from the next. I'm sitting here trying to focus on something, and then I'm like, I have no idea what came before this. Where am I? <laughs> <laughs> I've literally... Don't do anything too complicated. Oh, my man. God. I've literally lost my train of thought in the middle of a sentence. I'll be, like, telling my girlfriend a story, and then I'll go, I, I have no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> that's hilarious. And that's the best place that's to be. So, so, yeah, I feel like she was getting around that area, yeah. Yeah, but then she did okay. She came back around and and kind of chilled out a little yeah. bit. Uh, she got relaxed. I liked. She was talking about how she really got back into stand up, and and it was Dice Clay, like really pulled her out and and got her working. And she was so nervous, and that's so weird to hear from such a veteran. But but it's there. It's always there, Mark. Like always. it's always. And if you get out of practice, and I love that she said that Dice was like, look, I'll come up on stage with you. I'll kind of stand in the back. I'll let you do your thing. And over a course of a few days, she, she got a bit of confidence back. And, you know, Dice Clay, what a legend. legend. Come on. What a cool really? dude. I've heard. That's the kind of fucking support. I know. I've heard great things about that dude. It's like his whole thing was just an act. It was an act. But he was actually a really stand-up dude. Yeah. Do you know what his act? real name is they said it on there it's like a real it's not anywhere as cool as dice clay no of course not nothing Damn it. nothing's that cool except for maybe steven seagal <laughs> i know right that's a great <laughs> that's name. a great name um yeah what is remember. his actual name shit yeah i was trying it didn't work my internet's not working while i'm on the phone what a loser <laughs> what need a a jamie oh uh silverstein yeah, something. It's a that's Andrew it. Clay Silverstein. Yeah, yeah. It's just not as there we go. It's not as scary. That's hey, close. I mean, Andrew Clay. I mean, he threw dice in there. It's true. Yeah, I guess he just didn't want to sound too Jewish. Fair enough. Yeah, true, 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 true. Fair enough. But 
you know, I'm glad to hear that she's kind of coming back. Joe talked a lot about getting her to have her own podcast. Yeah. I, I think she's a good talker. You know, she's out there. She's got some wacky thoughts. But you know what? Her fans like her and people will be into She'd it. blow up. And, I, and I'll, I'll check it out every now and again just because she's funny. She needs a healthy outlet. And, and that's a really good way for people to get to know her. And I support yep. that wholeheartedly. I, I think I think she should definitely do it. Overall, for me, this podcast was, I hate to say it was a 5 out of 10. It's not its not a, a super high rating, but she she was like losing my focus a little bit with her kind of ramblings. like conspiracy waffle. Yeah. yeah, ramblings, you know, but but I am a fan and I stuck with it and... Uh, you know, it's I, I just think it's it sucks what happened to her. It's a real shame to treat like a legend of comedy like mm. that. I'm a bit biased towards any comedian, but you know, fuck. Uh, I think uh, empathy and sympathy are good qualities to have for anyone. So I think that's, that's I think it. that's cool that you feel that. I, I feel bad too. I feel bad for anyone. I feel bad that even people I vehemently disagree with. I'm like, eh, but I hate that this is happening. I wish this could have all just not yeah. happened. That's where I really am. I know. I'm like, because I don't, I, I don't know. feel like she's as bad as she's made out to be. I mean, I just, I, I never did. It kind of sucked, but it was the country has been a live wire the last three years, and they're just kind of in this mood of we're not taking any shit because we've taken enough so far. And but, she was an unfortunate casualty of that. My old neighbor, uh, it was like a senior producer of like pretty like high level shows on television uh-huh. and I won't name any of them sure. but it I honestly I can't even remember some of them but she, when I talked to her about this she was immediately like good she should get fired that's unbelievable yep. and it was adamant and I'm like and you and like I knew her so I knew that that really was like she just heard this you know she heard this is the way she needs to think about this thing because it's just not her style to like be like that so it was like the the decision had already been made up for her by the people she worked with. Probably, obviously, people were talking about sure. it in that industry, and it was like, oh, this is how these things pick up speed. Of course, it's like one pissed off idiot that's the loudest pushes this narrative onto everyone, and then everyone's like, yeah, well, that's it. You can't have that in this business. I'm like, for fuck's sake. Yep, it's hard. Know. It's hard to please everyone, I don't know. and it's hard to, and it would be difficult to look at. at People in the eye that would feel offended and feel hurt by that comment, which is, you know, racist. I mean, however you, however you want to put it, that shit was some racist shit. Does it mean she's a racist? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make a judgment on that one way or the other. But it was some racist shit, and yeah. it would be hard to look some of those people in the eye, people, African Americans, black people that you work with, and be like, yeah, but we're, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna say it's okay. We're not gonna punish her or whatever. That'd be difficult. It's a it's a tough thing. I would. I I'd have zero problem really? with that. I'd be like, no, nah, it's fine. It's fucked up, but you'll get over it. <laughs> <clears throat> I would. I would. I'm just like, that's just me. Uh, I think you'd I be. I think you'd be. They, they can be. I mad. think you'd be more sympathetic than you're letting on. Maybe if it was like the person that it was said sure. to, but if everyone else is just getting up on their high horses, I'm like, look, it's fucking relax, taken out of context. It's probably not as bad as you know. There's a lot worse shit you can say. Right, there's levels even to like a racist comment. True, you know. True, there's levels to sexist comments. You know, I mean, it just is. All right, so a younger, sexier, and oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. potentially less racist comment yes. 
of Nikki Glaser. She has a new special out um, called Bangin', I think it is, on Netflix. Uh-huh. I've watched some of it. I haven't watched all of it. I wanted to watch more of it before yeah, I, it I uh, did this. But I've seen her live a few times at the Comedy Store. Oh, you have? She's excellent. Cool. Yeah, yeah, I've seen I've seen Nikki up there. She's done like small, you know, they do those like twenty minute yeah, sets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 there's very few comics I haven't seen, to be honest. That is true. Um, you've seen a, you've seen that are big. You've seen more than me live. That's for sure. Well, I, dude, and I only really go to the comedy store. True. I've been like to the Laugh Factory and the Improv twice, I think, and it was only because it was like. Someone else took me. Right. But you don't even. You only really need to go to the comedy store to see everybody. Eventually, they Pretty will come much. through there. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. And and Nikki's up there a lot, so you can see yeah. her. She's she's very funny. She's super nice to other comics as well. People like her a lot. She just did the roast of Alec Baldwin, Legend. which is brilliant. Legend. If you haven't seen that, then check out the YouTube of it. She was excellent. You never. She, she said about. Oh my god, she was ruthless in a way that I even I was like, holy shit, that hurts my soul. <laughs> oh yeah, what she said about Caitlyn Jenner was brilliant. Mm. The very, most amazing. Very the mo- I mean, mm. just obliterated this dude. I mean, everyone. Alec Baldwin was like, "Good God, she was hurting." Legend. Yeah, yeah. I liked. I, I thought it was quite funny. I've never noticed anyone dress up as much as she did for Rogan's podcast, and it's because usually he has like grungy dudes on yeah. anyway. But also, I forget how many people watch it on YouTube, and she's very, very aware of that. She, and she knows her brand, man. When I, well, when I watched, you know, most people are listening to this, or at least you'd think sure. so. So why would you dress up for a podcast? But then when I put it on, I was like, holy shit, she looks hot mm-hmm. as fuck on this. Well done. Good job. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, surprisingly sexy, too. She did, you know, she wasn't like a, being a gross comic. No, no, like, no. You know, she's not. She. She was she was just being she talked a lot about sex. Um loves her bondage. She got into all that. Um I really lo- thought it was funny how much she talked about how much she struggles dating. You'd think if you're famous, rich and beautiful and young, you wouldn't have any issue. Mm-hmm. But it's not easy for anybody it's out not. there. It's not. It's just it's a paycheck. Fucking no. Shit, you know. First world problems. Yeah, and she and wants to blah. she wants to come back. In in her second life as Joe Rogan, she's pretty sure that's the best life. I thought that was hilarious. He's got a pretty good fucking life, man. <laughs> yeah, but as a woman who would look at him and be like, "Yeah, I want to come back as this bold guy Nikki. right here." Nikki would. Yeah, right. Why not? Why not? She doesn't drink, doesn't do drugs, doesn't smoke. She said she read a book and it cured her. I thought that was uh, odd, but she said it was very effective. Did she, did just she mention? Read a book did she mention the book? I can't remember it, the book. Did she mention it? Yeah, yeah, she did. I didn't write it down because when I hear shit like that, I'm like, I don't <laughs> you're know. just zone out. You're like, nope. I don't. How many self help books have you read that are like really making big differences? Maybe she's just like super motivated, and it was the right time. Could be. I don't see how that shit could work, but whatever. Good for her. She knocked it out. I feel like uh, that's that's interesting as a comic to not drink at all. You, you you see that though, like it's not uncommon that there are like you know these comics that are just like zero alcohol. That's it. 
That's how they do it. Yeah, see it. In, I don't know what that's starting about. Starting to see it more in Hollywood too. People that are like teetotalers, stuff like that. Mm. Yeah, don't 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 shy away from the weed though, people. Mm-hmm. That's good for you. Speaking okay. of which, how's Tell your you right uh, now. how's your uh, sober October going? Oh, getting weird dreams, man. <laughs> weird dreams, dude. Yesterday I had a dream. I was in a bar, and. There was like a giant meteor shower. Oh, and I was drinking and smoking weed. So I was thinking to myself immediately, oh, I've ruined my own sober October. That was in my dream. And then a meteor killed one of my friends. Oh, shit. Yeah, and then I woke up. <laughs> it was weird. They're very vivid. This this is quite common. Joe actually talked about it last year in his sober yep. October. He had some weird dreams. It's like your brain opens up. I mean, it, you know, definitely... I don't know how much marijuana you need to be smoking or consuming to put yourself in a state to where when you quit, you get these dreams. Mm-hmm. It's quite a lot, but it's very strange because I never remember my dreams. And these are these are really weird. They're like I'm in them. It's like I'm actually in yeah, them, like making decisions, really moving them. around. It's uh, yeah, it's a it's a lot. I, I hope that passes. Well, it will November 1st when, Boom. I get <laughs> when high, you go off the fucking rails fuck again. It's it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that, that's definitely it. Um, oh, Nikki has a massive billboard right on the Hollywood. What is that? The Walk of Fame, like the stars. Sure, yeah. What do they call that? Area? Walk of Fame. Yeah, Hollywood yeah. Boulevard. Yeah, she she has a massive billboard up there with her um, uh, advertising her new comedy special, just called Banging. She's like led on a couch, completely naked, and then it just says Banging right across her. And I find that interesting because uh, it's a comedy special. And, yeah, it is kind of hard to get people to watch those, I think. Probably. You know, they're getting more and more popular on Netflix. But there was probably always, like, a a specific niche of people to watch them. But, man, she's going to be able to pull some people in with selling sex for that. She knows her brand. Yeah, I think it's it's excellent. Yeah, it's an excellent way of doing it. It's uh, Yeah. I don't want it to put too much pressure on female comics that can't sell it in that way you know because yeah if if you're funny you're funny but at the same time fuck it whatever gets you watching i feel like i don't want to say stand-up is immune to that but i feel like it's definitely one of those industries where looks are less valued than content it's one of the very few times you can say that about anything because you got to be fucking funny. If you're hot, that is awesome. But, you know, we're just talking about Roseanne, who you know, no one has accused of being Nikki Glaser. And, um, no. And she thrives. So I feel like it's one of those industries that you can, you can, I mean, being attractive always helps. It just helps in life, period. It sucks, but it does. But, um, if you're fucking funny, I don't think it matters as much. Some of my f- oh yeah, you have to be funny. Yeah. You can't be hot and not funny. No one's going to give a shit. That that is, I it's probably more pressure in some ways because people are like, oh, who's this hot chick? Well, and then you, you know you got to get their attention. You now. give me the choice between going to see a movie with starring Angelina Jolie or Melissa McCarthy. I will pick Melissa McCarthy eight times out of eight. Like, I mean, that's just how it is because she's fucking hysterical and she entertains me. And Angelina Jolie, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's, she's all right. Okay. She does okay. She was she she did better when she was hotter. <laughs> I'll say that. 
She's still hot. <laughs> yeah, she is. She's looking a bit older. Like yeah, she's because she's older. She's older she's now. Older. Bless her. She didn't look as old as That's I. That's how it goes. <laughs> yeah. Joe talked a little bit about his social anxiety on this, like when he was younger. He doesn't get really any now, just because of his practicing. Sure. But it, it sounded like it was quite bad when he was younger. He often talks about how he get anxiety standing in line for the bank, like waiting to get to the teller when he was real young, like nineteen twenty. It used to really stress him out. Yeah, man. And I think that's. I think it's important for young people to hear that, or really anyone at any age. Just knowing that you can go from that, if that is your level of social anxiety, mm -hmm. to a point where you don't have it at all through practice. Absolutely. It is good. Dude, I remember hearing for the first time somebody else talk about how they hated using the phone, like to call, to like make an order. So, like, you know, back in the 80s and 90s, you had to call and to order a pizza. And my mom would be like, why don't you call and order the pizza? And I would, uh, I would almost have crippling anxiety. I hated doing that. I hated calling someone that I didn't know. And I would literally prepare. I would prepare, like, my speech. My, like, how, when they said, Donald's Pizza, I'm going to help you. I'd be like, hi, I would like to order this and blah, blah, blah. And I would get it all ready because I didn't want to fuck up. And I had such anxiety. And then I remember the first time somebody else was like, oh, yeah, I hated calling people. I would, like, fight tooth and nail to not have to talk to someone on the phone. I was like... Oh my god, I'm not the only one. I thought it was a fucking freak. Yeah. It well, but that that's an important point and I think the point is that everybody's had it. I was lucky when I was 17, I worked for a call center. I worked for MCI WorldCom. Uh -huh. So, and I'd already been reading the announcements in my high school in the morning. So, nice. it was like which bear in mind when I first moved to the US, I was 13. I moved from England to Albuquerque. Right. Everybody wanted to speak to me because they'd never heard of an English person <laughs> before. And it was terrifying. People used to come up to me and just say, hey, speak. And, like, show their friend like I was some fucking freak like you were show. a goddamn and, zoo animal or something. Oh, it was terrifying. You just want to fit in. I'm trying to figure out what the hell's going on and, like, what everything is. And, like, stuff's different in the U.S. than in England. Sure, of course. So it was hard to you – know, this is before, really, the internet was decent. So – other than American TV shows, I didn't have a lot of experience with, like, the culture and the rest of it. So I'm just trying to figure this out. Right. But in a way, it put me – it forced me to be good at that because they'd also pick me to read in class, and I hated that too. So I was I was kind of thrown in the deep end. Right. I remember for an English class once, we were reading Julius Caesar. Yep. They made me be, like, eight different characters. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Yeah, there was like a point where I was just like reading to myself every, it was just like how the play unfolded. It was like, oh shit, this scene is just basically me. That's so funny. A lot of scholars think um, the British accent during Shakespeare's time was more akin to an American accent than it is now. Oh, that's in interesting. Yeah. Well, they did speak different. Of course they didn't they did. sound like me back then. Yeah, I mean, but you know, it's just that. It's like you get thrown in. And then I did the announcements. Then you're comfortable with that. Then I working at the call center was weird. I was very nervous talking on the phone, just like you're saying. Like it's like you feel. I remember like just like freezing up once and like hanging up on someone because I was like I didn't know what to say next. And then after you do it for six months, it's like shit. You can just say anything you want to anyone on the phone. Of course, it was yeah. That that was it was good practice. But again, the same thing. Like Joe is just explaining that like if this is you. Don't worry about that. You know, just 
practice it if you don't like it and you can slowly work away from it and, and nikki was the same way like she was very shy and quiet and now you know through god knows how much performance like they did they barely even think about it shit she's doing it completely sober every time she even does it a little high she likes to get high and get up there just like joe i love that's that. crazy yeah i love it that's really like i think you can untap like tap into some really interesting parts of you when you're feeling those nerves and you're also high and that your brain is just like well let's say this see what i'll try that once (laughs) i'll do that once yeah i did that the 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 last challenge mike went to i was pretty high then Uh, that's Um, right you were but but we but we were also drinking that tequila too Mm -hmm, that was good so it was a bit it was a bit of both oh no was it maybe the first one i can't remember one of them but it, it was pretty nice it was a nice little flow you know i think you are more nervous though before you go would up, be paranoid for sure yeah but it but it goes away you get up there it goes away uh she mentioned how she thinks ari shafir is evil after hearing that um he, he ruthie yeah but yeah yep this i expected more of a backlash for ari on this but once again that smooth criminal just slides on by. So, no problem. It's the uh, soft bigotry of low expectations. Nobody nobody expects more, so he gets away with it. You're like, yeah, it sounds right. Yeah. Sounds right, sure. Yeah, he has he has the I don't give a fuck factor, and because of that, nobody really hit him it's on true. it. true. Uh, well, because... Yeah. I, I mean, ultimately, I mean, most of the time, the the most people are using shame as the way to get someone to realize what they did was wrong. And if they're shameless, then you're kind of like, well, I don't have anything. Well, I mean, what, where do you go if somebody's not ashamed of what they did? And they're like, eh, there's nothing I can really do about it. Moving on. <laughs> yeah. He didn't give a didn't shit. Didn't give a shit at all. Clearly did not give a shit. This episode overall was great. I was really impressed with Nikki. I gave that an eight out of 10. It was funny. You know, you didn't learn a lot. It wasn't like knowledge packed. It was just good conversation. But it was really entertaining. Yeah. yeah, it was really entertaining. And you got to learn about her and a lot of her like insecurity. She just came across as like a real regular, genuine person, which is cool. She's not like stuck up or I like Yeah, her. real down to earth. It, it was good. Yeah, it was it's cool. It's always cool to hear that. It's always cool to see that in celebrities that they're just kind of regular human yeah. beings. Yeah, makes me want to be uh, nicer. When I hear that, it's like, oh, this is super important. Be nicer. You're super be nicer. nicer. <laughs> All right, Lenny Clark, podcast thirteen sixty two. Lenny is a legend. Lenny. Lenny is old school Boston. He was somebody that was around and crushing it when Joe started. Joe knew him when he was real young. He knew Joe. Kind of took Joe under his wing a little bit with other people like Apollo. And uh, so it means a lot to Joe to have him around. And Lenny's a lunatic, man. Lunatic. He's great, but what a lunatic. Telling stories about how they used to get paid in cocaine back in the day. <laughs> how fucking crazy is Dude. that? And he was, um, he's one of Dennis Leary's boys. Like, that's... Right. Yeah. He does all the Dennis Leary shows. Like, if Dennis Leary has a show, Lenny Clark is on it. I mean, you, you'd I almost that. think he was his father. That's right there. Yeah, man. I grew up watching. I grew up watching Lenny and 
Because I would watch, like, Sunday nights would be, like, The Simpsons and, I don't know, whatever the fuck else was on, Married with Children. And then they'd have, like, an hour of stand-up. I can't remember the name of the program, but it was on every Sunday night. My parents we would and I would watch it like crazy. And Lenny was always on there. Sometimes he'd host. Sometimes it was just a comic. He was always on there. That's sweet. What is that show called? I wonder if you can. I can look it up. YouTube it that was, show. It was, um, dude, it was something like just stand up all night or something like that. Nothing really creative. It was just like stand up on Fox Sunday nights, something like that. Oh, sweet. Well, we try and find it, and we put the yeah, link try and find the for link. Uh, some of those YouTube videos. If they if they're like together, bunched up on a YouTube channel somewhere, mm-hmm. I'll put a link in in the description. So if you're listening, you can check that out. I definitely want to if it's there. Yeah, we'll yeah, I'll try and find it. We'll see. I'll try and find it because it was awesome. Yeah, he definitely doesn't give a fuck as well. He has that Roseanne energy. I think maybe. That was a very important part of being a comic back in the 80s. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's kind of important to be in a comic at any time, but back then, that was kind of the, um, that was the code of, kind of the modus operandi, if you were, um, in the 80s. You had to not give a shit, you know what I mean? Yeah, it seems to, it seems to be, I mean, more so than even now. I mean, the comics that don't now, it's good, but it's almost like they, they're working extra hard to make that point back then. Um, yeah, I think so. Pretty sweet. I think so. Yeah. Well, it was kind of a wrong. And the fact time. that he can still do, yeah, it's it, the fact that he can still come out and do comedy now, and he's very much who he was then, and it still works in a way. I mean, yeah, he's he's pushing he's pushing hard against. I I watched a couple clips of him after I listened to the podcast, and it's. It's good. You can tell that he's seasoned veteran. Oh yeah, no, he knows what he's this. doing. Like, but he's done every type of gig imaginable. By the way, that I just found it. That show was called Comic Strip Live. It was on in the mid '90s on Fox Sunday nights, and it was hosted by a guy named Wayne Cotter, who was an amazing comedian that is not around anymore, and it makes me very sad because he was absolutely hysterical. So, oh, he's dead. No, he just doesn't. He just does like corporate gigs and stuff, but he doesn't. He doesn't really tour anymore. It makes me really sad. Oh wow! He doesn't really tour anymore. Huh? Because I looked him up. All right, so we try and find we try and find a, a link for that and uh, stick it in the bio so you guys can check it out and and let us know what you think about. Yeah, man. It, you know. Yeah, if you can find something, uh, we'll probably talk about it next episode anyway. Yep. Uh, Joe saw the new Joker movie. Have you seen this? I have Mark? not. You? He loved it. He said Joaquin is a master. I want to watch it. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch pumped. it when it comes out on video for sure. You think so? It's not a theater one? Not for me. For you? Not for me. It looks... I mean, I was kind of... I I never felt one way or the other about it. It was kind of... uh, It it looked kind of like a... Scorsese made a Joker movie. I was like, oh, that's cool. You know. Whatever. I'll see it in theaters. I mean, I'll see it on on HBO or I'll rent it. But there wasn't some great need to go watch the Joker be deconstructed for the millionth time. But I know a lot of people are really loving it and... Good on you. Go see it. Have fun. Enjoy. Isn't the director? Isn't the director uh, a dude that usually makes comedies? Yeah, it's uh, um, Todd. What's his face? He did the Hangover and he did Old School. And that's interesting that he went in that direction. And then you're seeing the dude from Key and Peele 
doing the same thing going into yeah. horror movies. Did right? you Todd Phillips? I wonder Todd what Phillips is that name. is. Did Todd you hear? Okay, the, yeah, did you yeah. hear about that quote he gave? Because they asked him why he's not doing comedies, and he goes, and he basically said the Me Too movement and PC culture. It's just you can't make a comedy nowadays. And of course, he got lit up online for that and shit like that. Ah, you know what? Bullshit. I, That's lazy. I know. I was like, that is bullshit. Lazy. Man. There's always ways to make comedy. No. Sorry, I'm I'm yelling. No, yelling. I felt the same. I, I, well, when I heard that, I was like, "Oh, that explains Hangover 3. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but you know, there is like, okay, it work harder to be funny. I know, man. No, look, I I know that guy's super talented, and and who the fuck am I? To I say liked that, his but, movies, man. But I I would say it as a friend. I'm like, dude, it's a like just you're already good at this. Just get better at this. It will be more hard work, but good comedy shouldn't be easy find exactly. a way to make fun of that shit so that everyone can have a laugh with it you could yeah do it. i never it can be done i never got that if you feel so pigeonholed by you know content i'm like come on dude dude I, there's no way i could ever tolerate that kind of opinion because imagine if imagine if i was like yeah that makes sense good for him and then all the other comedians i love and directors judd apatow you know yeah. all just like Stop doing comedy for that reason. Then what the fuck do we have? Well, figure it out. I remember you guys are the best. Figure about it out. His two favorite movies that he's done for me were Old School and The Hangover. And I think both could be released today with zero like like trouble about it. I don't think there'd be one controversial thing. It'd just be it'd be the exact same thing it was ten years ago or fifteen years ago when it came out. Just kind of a raunchy male comedy, which there's a place for, and I I love them. I found it hysterical. I don't really. I'm. I'm sitting there going. I don't really feel like there. You were doing some brand of comedy that wouldn't be accepted nowadays. I'm like, I gonna. I don't feel like you pushed the envelope that hard. Like Zach Galifianakis getting tased in the fucking face is. You know, it was funny. I don't feel like it's pushing any edges, but I laughed. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, it was weird. If if you could go back to any time, right, and and like take your your stand up, sure. and then and then if you could go back to any time. And you had to choose a different time, like a different uh, decade and a different location, right? Because it was like comedy was huge in Boston in the Mm -hmm. 80s and whatever it was in New York in the 90s and wherever. It was like if you could choose a time to go and do it, where would it be and where would you New York in the 80s. When and New York in the 80s, without a doubt. That would be yours? Easy. Yeah, without without question. Love that. I it it's an interesting one for me. I think that I think I probably it's hard in some ways because I would love to go back to when Monty Python in England were just yeah. doing their flying circus skits oh, fuck yeah. and and see what the stand up because a lot of those guys and that was right before the like the Rowan Atkinson guys Hugh Laurie and yeah, um, Black Adder uh, Stephen Fry yep. and yeah that was like. A lot of it was like plays at first. There was a lot of improv yeah. that turned into these skits on television. So I, I, but I know a few of them were stand-ups as well. I would love to see what all that energy was oh, about. I would too, man. Uh, but I'm also pulled into the, the interesting bits that Joe talks about with the Boston comedy scene in the '80s because it sounds so brutal. It sounds <laughs> well, like that is the it. best staging ground. It's like a fight. I believe it, and I everything in Boston's I a fight. I love it. <laughs> they, they talk ballet about recitals how they get, fights. <laughs> they would get headliners, you know, that are like TV stars, whatever, yeah. and they'd come through, play at their clubs, 
and they would put on nothing but Boston, local Boston killers first. Uh-huh. Just so by the time the big name went up, the audience was exhausted and the big name looked like an asshole. That's hysterical. And I find that fucking hilarious. That's so fucking funny. Dude, that's so oh good. Oh my god. Like, that's incredible there, training. There's sure. nothing quite like performing to a crowd that wants to go home. It is probably ah. the worst feeling you could experience as a stand-up, aside from bombing. <laughs> when you're going, oh god, yeah. they're paying out their checks, they're moving in there. Especially when you've had a couple of comics before you that suck. <laughs> they're just moving around in their seats. It's like it's like the Catholics after the uh, after um, communion. And you're like, ah, oh, there's still ten minutes of this shit left, and everybody's moving. It's like, I just want to go home. Can't we go home? We got to the main part. We're saved oh. for another week, right? That's how it is. It's stressing me out just thinking Dude. about it. Um, so I can so only true. imagine being a headliner going. They're all here for me, and then going up and everybody being like, "Can we just fucking go home, please?" Yeah. They're like, wow, those guys before him were way better. Way better. I mean, that's... And this is why people like good comics didn't often take really good killers on the road with them to open. It's why it's really unusual that Joe did that with Joey Diaz. But Joe was adamant about improving. And he knew, you know what? I will improve. I will figure out how to keep up with Joey and I'm the headliner and that's how I'll do it. But a lot of other guys still to this day, even Lenny did it. He was like, why would you take great people on the road with you? I don't want to fucking have to work harder than I need to. I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay. That's probably how most people do I'm it though. Sure. I, I think I'd have a bit of an issue. You know, if I, if I get my first headlining gig and then I'm starting to tour and then you have a killer open for you and every night he's crushing it before you, it, it could fucking get on your nerves. I wouldn't. I'm, I'm sure not surprised they think like that. Got to up your game. Yeah, I love. Got to up your game. Yeah. He he asked Joe one interesting question. He goes, "If you could change anything about your life, would you?" And Joe says, "No." And then Lenny says, "This asked me the same question." And he goes, "Yes, everything." Wow. And I found that I found that very interesting. Like they're definitely on two different wavelengths. Of like satisfaction, of but Lenny does seem like a pretty fucking angry dude. He's like he's like a stereotypical Boston one hundred percent. Like when you think Boston, you think this dude. You think Lenny James? Yeah. yeah. Th- this episode was was for me a seven out of ten. I I there was a lot of energy in it. It was very funny. He's such a wild man, and I loved like how much fun Joe was having with it. How much fun Lenny was. It was so relaxed. They were on all sorts of topics. Lenny's like fucking rambling on about his neighbor stealing shit from his garage or something. I mean, it was just, it was just good times. It was a great conversation to get. The yeah, it's to. like um, it's, it's like being a fly on the wall. Yeah, yeah, I'm a big fan of it. Big Me fan. Too. But that's it for today. That's the three. We we wrapped them up right there. Check them out. They're they're all good. Right on, guys. It's a good week for comedy. Thanks as always, Mark, for. Uh, being here absolutely chat away and and follow us on instagram joe rogan experience review uh we're going to be having some changes up here pretty soon and uh that's it love you guys awesome later peace